Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Off and running on a football Friday. Welcome aboard, everybody. Michael Phillips here. I am MP on the mic. Gary Hess joins us in 15 minutes. The czar, 910. The fan sports director will ask him about everything going on in the world of sports. He's got the call tonight. Benedictine and Trinity High School football. A pair of top 10 teams in the latest poll. We'll get his thoughts on that. Big uh, home stretch games starting this weekend in the world of high school football. A couple big ones out there. Uh, Going to be a ton of fun this week. Uh, Dinwiddie Matoica on the board. That'll be a good one. Uh, Verina looks to keep its uh, its freshman quarterback rolling against Patrick Henry. Uh, a lot of great matchups out there. Gary Hess will break that down at 10-15. We will maybe hear from Craig Hoffman at 11. That's a maybe because he has movers coming. And so that's tentative. That was tentative yesterday and that's tentative today. Uh, but if we if we talk to him... We'll pick his brain about the Commanders uh, here in the next segment. We'll give you my keys to victory for Commanders Patriots. Play a little bit of uh, a chat yesterday us reporters had with Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator. I think you will want to hear that. We are 100 days to the Super Bowl. 100 days away from the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And we're starting to sort out the contenders from the pretenders as we enter an NFL football weekend starting to sort out the college football playoff picture, although as much of that is off the field as is on the field, uh, with Michigan and the Jim Harbaugh shenanigans, uh, with JMU and their continued push for bowl eligibility. And I got to talk some college basketball today because we're three days away from tip-off. Monday night, all four major teams, URVCU, UVA and Virginia Tech in action. If you're listening to the fan, you'll enjoy McNeese State at VCU. Little uh, little uh, start to the uh, Ryan Odom era. That'll be a uh, a fun game. And don't sleep on McNeese State. Will Wade won't be here, which is obviously uh, disappointing from a fan perspective and a heckling perspective. Uh, but uh, that that's a team with uh, with some transfers, some height, some size. It'll be an excellent first test for this new-look VCU team, everything they've got rolling. So we'll dive into college basketball today as well. JC's on the board. He helped me pick out our winners 
Uh, for Hotel Pin Trivia, I had three pins to mail out today after a rousing round of trivia on Wednesday. For those of you new to the program, on Wednesdays at 1045, I give out the most prestigious prize in all of radio. It's a, a writing pin from a hotel I have stayed at in the past. and I, I just l- signed and sealed three of them. They are off to lucky winners from this week and last week. So this show taking care of its housekeeping business, taking care of the paperwork, and getting you ready for a really big football weekend. Looking at the board here, I'll start with the first game because I think it's in a lot of ways the most intriguing. We've got Georgia Tech at Virginia. Wahoos hosting the Yellow Jackets coming off of a really impressive three-game stretch. So they had the win over William & Mary, which does not count as very impressive. Counts as handling your business against an FCS team. But it's a win. You don't turn down wins. It was their first win, so you definitely don't turn down that win. Then the big win at North Carolina. Historic win down there. First first win over a top-10 road team. And then held their own with Miami last weekend, took Miami into overtime before falling by three. Uh, Some late shenanigans there, a a, a non-call. But on the whole, I enjoyed watching UVA last weekend. I haven't been able to say that most of the year. Most of the year, I have been frustrated by watching UVA, and I have gone prematurely gray from watching UVA football. It's been aggravating. But this is starting to look like a cohesive team, and Tony Elliott... One and a half years in, maybe starting to turn the corner. And that's why tomorrow's a big game for me. I'm viewing this as a prove-it game. This is a prove-it game. If if you've been making those strides, you've got a tough schedule in November, right? We we talked about this the whole way in. It's a tough schedule for UVA coming in. After this, they've got Louisville and Duke. Both, I mean, Duke last night didn't look its best, and their quarterback's hurting. All that. But that's still a better team than UVA. Louisville's a, a top 25 team. And then you got the Virginia Tech game, and the Hokies are looking stout right now as well. This is your chance to get a home win, to make a statement about this improvement, to handle your business in what's now a winnable football game against Georgia Tech. I'm going to be excited to watch this one. This is a 2 o'clock kick on the CW tomorrow. Malik Washington at UVA is in the top 10 in the NCAA in receptions per game, in receiving yards per game. He's got eight and a half catches per game, 116.9 yards per game, which ranks him top 10 in the nation in receiving. He's been a reliable target for, for UVA as they've had uh, their a little bit of a quarterback carousel this year. Anthony Calandria coming in for a bit, and then Tony Musket taking back over, and he was out and then back in. Uh, Tony Musket kind of settling into that role, settling into what Tony Elliott wants him to do, uh, and has found a guy in Malik Washington who's been a a big-game receiver for him. So I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this one, see if UVA can handle their business against Georgia Tech at 2 o'clock. 3.30, Virginia Tech takes on Louisville in a game that, against all odds, could potentially put them in the ACC championship game. Now, I don't think this will happen, but my goodness, rewind to a few months ago, a few weeks ago, when these guys were getting blown off the line of scrimmage by Rutgers and losing to Marshall. And now, 
Zoom ahead. Those weren't conference games. Those don't count. Only ACC games count for the ACC standings. They've caught their stride at the right time. And by the way, they're running downhill to the finish line. Now, I don't think they will beat Louisville. I'll just say that. If 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 Brent Pry wants to put this on the bulletin board of the locker room, he is more than welcome to. I am happy to furnish the material because I've, I've been complimentary to the Hokies this year, but you know I call them like I see them. I don't think they're good enough to beat Louisville. Louisville's at home. Louisville is also playing, essentially, for a spot in the ACC title game. I don't think they're going to let that, that opportunity pass them by. But it's wild that we're here. There's only three teams that have one loss or fewer in ACC conference play. And Florida State's undefeated. They'll be in the title game. But then it's Louisville and Virginia Tech. The winner of this game has the inside track to the ACC football title game in Charlotte against Florida State. We've seen this before. We've we've seen Tech teams slide in before. And obviously they, they've shown they are way overmatched against Florida State. But still... Uh, Still a fun opportunity. Fun that we're talking about this on November 3rd. Beats what I thought we were going to be talking about on November 3rd. And certainly gives them a little little mojo heading into their final stretch. If they can stay competitive with Louisville, you like their chances against Boston College. You like their chances against NC State. Uh, and then they're, they got the rivalry game against UVA. Uh, but but imagine if they could do it. I, I'm I'm not predicting it. You're hearing me. I'm not predicting it, but it'd be a ton of fun if they could pull it off. Uh, watch party with Bruce Smith over at Wooden Iron tomorrow. I believe Bruce Smith is going to be on AWOD's program later this morning. AWOD Radio starts at noon. Uh, the casino people, the Richmond Grand people, are bringing Bruce Smith into town to shake hands, take pictures, have a watch party for Virginia Tech at Louisville. Casino people spending some money. I saw in the uh, the newspaper this morning injecting another million dollars into that campaign. I'll I'll do it. I'll, I'll I, I try not to I try not to picket my my former employer all that much. But t- but today I got to say something today. The headline on that story was some of the effect of both sides load up uh, for the final round of casino campaigning. And it was like well, the the pro casino people have contributed one point one million dollars to the next week of campaigning, and the Anti-casino people have printed some yard signs. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was it was it was both sidesism at, at its finest. It, it was not an equivalent amount of money, and it was not a cl- close to an equivalent amount of money. But Bruce Smith's in town, and that's cool. And you should enjoy that if you're the kind of person who likes Hokies football and Bruce Smith. Uh, JMU takes on Georgia State at three thirty as well. That's a national TV game. ESPN two. The Dukes are national TV darlings. Uh, that doesn't make their coach any less grumpy about the way things are going. We love hearing from Kurt Signetti uh, because he trained under Nick Saban and he took all the lessons. If we don't have Kurt Signetti on the line, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll grab that later. No worries. So the Dukes uh, take on Georgia State. It was, to be fair to Signetti, who, who is often critical of his team's performances, uh, it was for, for Jordan McLeod, the quarterback, it was his first uh, really rough game, rough outing uh, since being called out into the bye week. He had, he had picked up his game, but the offense struggled late. 30-27 uh, to 27 Dukes over Old Dominion. You take those in-state wins anyway. You can get them. 
But obviously, they're looking for uh, for something a little more decisive tomorrow at Georgia State. Uh, another team with a good Sunbelt record. Sunbelt's a solid conference top to bottom. Uh, but we keep our eye on the Dukes. We'll revisit that later in the show because we've also got a clip to play of LeVar Stoney weighing in on the Dukes and their national plight. We're off and running, though. We're going to step aside here for a minute when we return. Gary Hess makes his weekly appearance, the czar sports director here at Sports Radio 910 The Fan. And, uh, well, I mean, you you heard it. It's a loaded college football slate. Tech Louisville, Georgia Tech takes on Virginia JMU at Georgia State. And then we got basketball starting Monday. It's crossover season, always one of the craziest most chaotic times of the year. Look forward to uh, hearing all that and then his high school football thoughts as well, entering a busy weekend of play. Benedictine at Trinity Episcopal, the 910 The Fan Game of the Week. We'll step aside back after this. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. All right, Friday morning, 1032, having a ton of fun. Driving you around Richmond, uh, football Friday. Talked about Virginia Tech, excited about their game against Louisville. Not that I think they'll win. I'm not picking them to win. But the, the, the what ifs, right? You always talk, what if? What if they win? If they win, they're running downhill to the ACC title game. What a turn of events for the Hokies. Remarkable. Um, we, we, uh, we, I, am headed up to Royal We. I am headed up to Boston tomorrow. It is uh, Patriots Commanders. I'm looking forward to that one. We'll bring you inside the locker room on Monday. Now, I'm not entirely sure where I'll be bringing you inside the locker room from. The clips will be from inside the locker room. We've got a flight out of town. Uh, J.P. Finley and I have a flight out of town at 9 o'clock Sunday night. But then uh, they've been, everybody up there is like, you'll never make that flight. Like, dude, it's a 1 o'clock game. No, you'll, like, multiple people on the Patriots beat. Have told us you'll never make that flight. No chance. Um, so I might be I might be coming to you live from Logan Airport tomorrow morning from huddled in a corner, plugged plugged in. Uh, in which case we'll still have a program. That's what we do. Uh, Josh will be a little more lonely. That's okay. Um, we'll get back eventually. That's how this works. But uh, we'll we'll try. We'll try our best. If you see me though, I'm doing a victory lap on those Boston people. They've been soft. Ever since that win in the Revolutionary War, they got soft. I'm just saying, still coasting on glory from 300 years ago. That tea party is not fresh. That happened. What have you done for me? This is a what have you done for me lately league. They haven't done much for me lately. Just saying. Not much of a football team right now anyway. But I want to talk about the commanders because I had a chance to uh, chat with Eric Bieniemy yesterday. Uh, obviously, Sam Howells. Progress is uh, topic number one there, um, so we want to we want to start there, um, but then a couple other thoughts too. So play uh, this is Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, chatting yesterday, uh, and then we'll react to that. I thought the guys, their mindset was in the right place, their attitudes was right where it needed to be. I thought we went out and accepted the challenge. I thought for the most part, uh, we played hard, we played fast, we gave ourselves a chance. When it's all said and done with, we got to learn what the term accountability means. And once we figure that out, we'll be all right. But like I said, we're not going to celebrate, you know, small victories, meaning we had some success. We didn't find a way to win. We got to continue to find a way to win. How did the new offensive line work for you? You know what? I thought those guys did a heck of a job. They stepped up. They they played hard. The communication was great. But... Like I said, (laughs) 
we played good enough just to entertain folks. We didn't win. So did they play well? Yes. Did we do enough to win? Absolutely not. So now it's about making sure that we can get over the hump of just playing whatever minutes it is of good football, but finding a way to complete it by playing 60 minutes. So I have a big picture question for you. This isn't like about last week's game or anything. You guys throw the ball a lot with Sam. You're a running guy historically. What What's your mental evolution of coming around to <laughs> this league? You got to pass to win. I, I blame Coach Reed for this. <laughs> but uh, he's always had a saying, if when in doubt, go deep. He learned that from John Madden. But uh, it's not intentional. Okay. Uh, but... We'll continue working the ball and running it. I thought last week the guys did a heck of a job. I still got to become a better play caller and give those guys more opportunities to run. There's a lot of things that I need to continue to work on, just like the players. So as we continue growing together uh, at this stage in the season, we will improve. And I'll say this, that I promise you. I, I like Eric Bieniemy a lot. And uh, just, just you can see – I always take this all the way. You can see why he hasn't been a head coach. Like, he's blunt. Um, he does not sugarcoat things, and he is that way with the players, too. And it's a league that's moving away from that. It's a league that's definitely moving towards being more player-centric, more player-focused. But, I mean, you think about This is a league where so many position coaches, assistant coaches, everybody else is, is celebrating all their small wins, right? We made progress this week. Look at our stats. Goodness, well, Joe Barry's thing when he was defensive grader, like, man, if, if you just take out those three touchdown passes, our, our cornerbacks held up really well. Well, that's not how football works. You don't get to do that. And, and I respect Eric Bieniemy for saying, hey, look, winning is the standard, and we're not going to talk about the defense didn't give us enough. We're not going to talk about we had progress with Sam Howell, whatever it is. We're going we're gonna to get back to work, and we're going to focus on winning. And he's used to winning from his time in Kansas City. You can see how it rub, rubs some dudes the wrong way. He's blunt. He gets to the point. I, that does not bother me. I also am not a player on the Washington Commanders football team. I'm just a guy watching every week, nodding along, saying, I didn't hear anything wrong here. I didn't hear anything he didn't say. Uh, I want to play one more Eric Bieniemy clip. This is uh, him talking about Sam Howell and Sam Howell's growth and development this season. Every day I'm still learning who Sam is. Now, the thing that I know of him is that he's a competitor. He hates being wrong. Uh, he auto-corrects. It's very important to him. Um, he takes a tremendous amount of pride in the position that he's in. So those are the things that I love, and those are the things that I appreciate about him. Now, the unknown is the unknown. He hasn't taken enough snaps to know exactly where he needs to be or where he's going. Obviously, he's still in that growing process, so I'm excited about the steps that he's making. I think that he'll continue making the right steps, but he will have some missteps as well, and we'll be okay with that. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders yesterday, which, which sends us into Keys to Victory, which we do on Fridays, Keys to Victory for the Commanders, and I've got Sam Howell number one on that list. Um, this is not the Patriots teams of old. This is not the Bill Belichick of old. This is a team that's been struggling this year. And so, you you know, there's no, there's no mystique. 
It's a 2-6 and six team with a bad quarterback. At the same time, Bill Belichick's strength is in crafting blitzes and is, is in getting after quarterbacks. And Sam Howell is a young quarterback who is prone to the blitz. Now, last week was his very best week of all time. Facing pressure, you know, repelling pressure. The, the numbers say, the eye test says, Sam Howell did better last week than he's done at any point in his NFL career at, at recognizing the blitz, getting rid of the ball quickly. And that's a lot of what Eric Bieniemy talked about in that clip was he self-corrects, he auto-corrects. He sees something, he learns something. Key to victory number one, Sam Howell beating the Blitz Sunday because he's going to see some new stuff on Sunday. He's going to see something he's never seen before, and I don't fully trust this offensive line to have his back. I don't fully trust him to be at the stage of his career where he recognizes that yet. That will be the most difficult thing. Now, if you can get a ground game going, that is going to be enormously helpful. You heard me ask Eric Bieniemy about that. You know, he, it, I got to be a better play caller. I got to give more opportunities to run. I don't know that he fully believes in that. I think he believes Sam Howell is the path to victory. I think he's right in a lot of ways. But this is a dicey situation he's walking into on Sunday. That's my number one key to victory for sure. Number two key to victory. You got to get something out of these young cornerbacks and defensive backs. Emmanuel Forbes played five snaps last week. Quan Martin played five snaps last week. This is This goes back to Ron Rivera, the GM. But it's an operational thing. Why Why is Ron Rivera picking players in the first two rounds of the NFL draft that end up getting five snaps while completely healthy in NFL games halfway through the season? This is the time. Mac Jones is bad. He's a bad football player. He's a bad quarterback. We've seen, we have enough sample size on that. Nobody's surprised by what he is. This is the week for Forbes to get right. This is the week for Quan Martin to get right. And and the last thing in the world you would want to see, obviously, is the Patriots getting right offensively. But you've got to give these young guys an opportunity to make some plays to get out there, especially now that Chase Young's gone, now that Montez Sweat is gone. You have you have to find playmakers. The number one thing this defense lacked last year, game-changing plays, takeaways, big game-altering turnovers. That's what you drafted Emmanuel Forbes for. He can't do it from the bench. Now, I am not worried about the new defensive line. I think they'll be just fine. Uh, I think Casey Tuwill's fine. I think James Smith-Williams is fine. They're, we said it all week. They're 31st in the NFL and points allowed. They, they can do that without these guys. They can find a way to do that without these guys. I think it's a favorable matchup. I think if they can get to 21, they can win this game. Our over-under is 40 here. I think that's fair. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think Sam Howell's got it in him to play a high-scoring game yet. But it goes back to what we said after the Eagles game, too. When you have the lead, when you get on top, this is a team that lets up. This is a team that does not seal the deal. If they get a lead on the New England Patriots tomorrow, you got to finish them. you got to finish them before halftime, finish them on that first drive of the second half. Don't give them the chance to get back in the game because they will, and they're well-coached enough that they, if they get back in the game, it's not going to end well for you. That Those are keys to Commander's victory. Uh, we are back with more after this. Time to step aside. 1043 on a Friday morning. A little football Friday for you. You're listening to 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. It is Friday. It is 1015. There is no need to say anything more on the matter. It is time for Gary Hess 
Hess, 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 Hess. You know, um... There's less than 12 hours to kick off, so it's time for the pre-pregame show with the Zog. Sports Radio 910 Sports Director Gary Hess as he gets us ready for tonight's gridiron matchup. (laughs) It was great. You couldn't hear it in here, but they heard it. They heard it, and that's what matters. I'm going to go back and listen to it on the Odyssey app. That's what I'm going to do. I just hit the rewind button. It's a free app, Gary. Thank you for uh, teeing us up on that. Gary Hess in the house. Uh, can, can, can you say it again? You open this segment by saying it's Friday. It's it's really Friday, right? Yeah. It, 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 sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes you have those weeks where you don't know. Yeah. Um, you you were out late Wednesday night at Politics and Pints, so I, I know you're uh, you're dragging. Yeah. Don't ha- I, the the scars are healing up. Yeah. I, uh, uh-huh. It's a interesting role I play in that event. <laughs> yeah. But, it's 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 yeah. You know, you show up as the voice of reason, and they, they, this, Gary, nobody asked for a voice of reason. Funniest thing, somebody at, not that this was the last politics and pints, said, I really enjoy in your morning, but you know, it's interesting. You sound like a sports guy doing news. Hey. And, and I was like, well, that's ding. because that's what I am. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we had, yeah, nailed it. Yep. Anyway, you doing all right? I'm doing great. Private school football tonight How about on that? the fan at night under the lights. Uh, everything about this is is great and unique and special and awesome. Uh, you fill us in. Yes. Yeah, so Trinity Trinity and Benedictine uh, have played twice each of the last two years. It's all it's got a bit. It's been the last few years. It's really kind of butted as a rivalry. But uh, last two years, regular season state championship game, regular season state championship game, and you know Trinity's kind of been the team kind of on top of the heap, winning these last two state titles and dominating last year. Well, you know, the the shoe's on another foot this year. The dominating team is Benedictine. Trinity's getting healthy. Some of their key players are coming back. What's it going to look like tonight? It's going to be compelling theater. That's what it's going to look like. We can't wait to call it 6.30 this evening. A pair of teams in the top 10 in this week's CBS 6, 9, 10, the fan poll, uh, and deservedly so. You're going to see some great football tonight. Right. Trinity had two losses midseason when they were depleted with players, and then the one loss early in the season against the team from, you know, the national power team from sure. the state of Ohio. So it is, uh, you know, Trinity's three losses have a little asterisk, but I'll tell you who doesn't need an asterisk, Benedictine's 9-0. and that's not, no, no caveats needed there. One close game in nine games, that's against Georgetown Prep, who is, you know, D.C. power. So there N- you go. 9-10 the fan tonight. We'll look forward to that. Some other great action around the region. But I want to rewind to last week real quick. You had Highland Springs Verina, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great game. Freshman comes in off the bench for Verina at quarterback and all of a sudden l- just looks insane. The moment was not too big for him. It's great because we're calling that game and then we we get a text from uh, our friend Stu Brown, longtime who, coach, who, who is coached, you know, helped a coach at middle school, and letting us know that he had that this this freshman kid Caleb White had lost the previous night to Highland Springs in the JV game, first loss he'd had as a quarterback since 2020. Ooh, going back into middle school. So he reminded me. I made the comparison to Coach Chris Michael that he reminds me of the Calandria kid at UVA. You know, undersized, moxie, fearless, running around, just chucking it, you know, just flinging it. And we like that. Three touchdown passes. Um, you know, it was it was compelling. But in the end, 
as I as I as I said in post game extra, Christian Martin did Christian Martin things, and you know showed it. He said, by the way, you know the freshman kid's got a bright future. I'm the Power Five recruit. Let me remind you why. And that's exactly what he did. You don't you don't get to that spot accidentally. No, and, does not happen by accident. And you know he he ran. And, you know, clock's, you know, getting down. They have a third down play. They call timeout and throws, you know, you know, it's pretty small window he had, and he just zipped it right in there to Tamandre Braxton for the game-winning touchdown. Springers win 20-19. to Highland Springs, Verona, and you know this, Mike, almost nothing is 100%. Almost always delivers. Almost always delivers, and it did again Saturday. You could throw the records out when those teams play, but why would you? Because they always have good records. <laughs> you could throw the records out, but in this case, you don't need to. Yeah, we, we, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be well advised. Some other good action tonight, too. Matoica Dinwiddie happening tonight. Matoica Dinwiddie's a great game, and Matoica may be the best team in the area nobody, a lot of people don't know about. Their only losses are to Warhill, who's undefeated, and to uh, oh Thomas Dale by three points, and so they are very very good um, veteran team in key spots, and a couple of really stud players, and they're well coached, and that game is going to be something else with Dimwitty and Matoica tonight. Couple others to keep an eye on out in short pump, Glen Allen at Godwin. Yes, Both sir. teams looking for playoff positioning. Uh, that's going to be a great game to watch. And can TJ finish the undefeated regular season? They're already 8-0 for the first time in school history, and TJ didn't open just yesterday. It's been around longer than you and I have combined. So, And they're playing Colonial Heights, who's 6-3, and three, and with a win could potentially line up the first home playoff game in school history. It's You were telling me a great stat about uh, city football. Uh, city football's back. Yeah, it's it's made it. You know, I, I think about the fact that yeah, you know, I, t- I told somebody the other day, thirty years ago, the first high school game I broadcasted on nine ten was Huguenot against John Marshall at Hovey Field. Huge crowd. It was a big game. City football fell on hard times, especially after Coach McPhee left Huguenot. But uh, starting with Chad Hornick and through several other coaches, TJ's made a comeback. Coach Scott went to Huguenot this year. Huguenot's made a comeback. And Coach Jeremy Pruitt has been building something at Armstrong. So Armstrong beat uh, Mechanicsville last night to finish seven and three. Huguenot will play at Monacan tonight with a win, would finish seven and two. And TJ is playing at Colonial Heights, going for an undefeated regular season. That's three fifths of the city football teams having city football's back, easy winning records, and being playoff teams. It, it's 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 great to see. A renaissance for city of Richmond football. And nobody's noticed a John Marshall because, as they say over there, it's basketball season. It's basketball season. <laughs> Don't worry. Basketball's coming. They'll be they'll be all right this year. I'm going to go out on a limb. Guess they get, pick up a couple wins along the way. Uh, I, I'm thinking that they may uh, muddle through. Yeah. <laughs> Gary has joins us on Fridays. Um, I was just going over the college football slate. Virginia Tech, against all odds, after, I mean, just – getting blown off the ball against Rutgers, uh, you're losing to Purdue, losing to Marshall. If, if, and I don't think they will, but if they beat Louisville tomorrow, they are in the driver's seat to play in the ACC championship game, Gary. They, I think they. I think that's the case, and, and that's a shocker. It also would make Brent Pry the odds-on favorite to be ACC coach of the year. Wouldn't even be close. And you know the and he might be even if they lose to Louisville today because I mean tomorrow because what they the turnaround has been palpable and uh, and noticeable. I have a friend 
who might be a name you recognize. I won't say him by name here. But he had a boys' trip planned this week. He's a tech grad, tech, you know, season yep. ticket holder. Yep. Um, <laughs> had a boys' trip this weekend. This weekend on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Uh huh. That all of a sudden has added buying tickets. It's to a football the, trip now. <laughs> it's a it's a fo- it's a bourbon slash football trip now. So. They don't only serve bourbon on the trail. They serve bourbon other places in exactly. Kentucky too. So he'll be he'll be all right. He'll be just fine. He'll be all right. No no but, need to. Uh, yeah. So it is. Uh, they are very excited uh, in hooking. And I, I'm 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 impressed. I've said all along. You know, I was concerned about some of the things I saw on the field. But I like some of the signs I saw from the staff Brent Pry put together what they were trying to accomplish and understanding it wasn't going to happen overnight. And and and, and you see uh, one by one that foundation being laid brick by brick, and you're starting to see the difference on the field. You really, really are. It's very cool to see. Running downhill after this, too. Boston College and NC State, your next two before that rivalry game over Thanksgiving week. NC State, though, Pete Clemson. Wait, never mind. Sorry. No, no, no. Pete Clemson's Wake Forest. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. I was at no. NC State beat Wait, Clemson. F- you got to watch Phillip out. Ri- Phillip Rivers. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's right. No, we're done with that, too. That's right. Russell Wilson? No. Russell? No, no. No, not yet. Not not, not anymore. <laughs> I'm already excited for Thanksgiving. VCU's down in that tournament uh, playing. Uh, they, they got great games lined up. Iowa State. Uh, if things go, uh, if, if as... We might want to see them. I believe on Black Friday, it could be a VCU versus Virginia Tech game in that right. tournament. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if they, if they both win right. on Thursday. And then you have Tech UVA football on Saturday. That's obviously always a great time of year for high school as we wind it down. That'll be regional championship weekend. Might have some teams playing. Yeah, we'll definitely have some teams <laughs> playing, I would think. I would think. All right, Josh is waving at me. That means you need to go get some sleep because you've got okay, a busy I'm going to go get some you. sleep. We'll be talking about playoff scenarios uh, on the public school side while calling the private school game because, you know. You're multitasking. Uh, we're multitasking. We'll be, we'll be breaking it all down tonight, and I'm sure we'll talk about some potential playoff matchups on postgame extra tonight. Well, at GHUSRVA on the app formerly known as Twitter. And uh, you can find our Facebook page with lots of great content, 804 Football with Gary Gary. My man makes his own pitch, saves me the time and everything. 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM. That's the place to be tonight. Thank you, Gary Hess, for dropping by. We are great back weekend, kids. after this. Football Friday, and boy, do we have a ton going on. 910 The Fan is the place to be this weekend tonight. High school football, Benedictine and Trinity Episcopal Little Private School showdown. Two teams in the 910 The Fan CBS 6 top 10 poll this week. Hokies playing their way into the ACC title game with a win at Louisville tomorrow. Would have the inside track on that. And of course, NFL Sunday, we are your home for the Washington Commanders pregame, postgame, midgame, in-game all the things, and uh, we bring in our friend Craig Hoffman from the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., who knows the commanders as well as anybody. And uh, I understand you are connected from new house, new apartment, something like that? Yeah, so we're moving today, and I'm also getting uh, an echo. Is that good on your guys' end? Uh, so so I can hear you fine, but uh, Josh is going to work on this for a second, and we'll see if we can correct your echo here. Uh, but you, you sound good to our listeners, 
Uh, okay. We'll make sure you're not hearing yourself back. You want you want to give it another try here? Yeah, it's, I think I think we're good now. Uh, so yeah, that's terribly distracting. And then you go back and listen to it, and you're like, "Why am I talking so slow?" Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I am literally Michael. I actually just put this on uh, my Instagram story and tagged you so you can share it uh, as well. If if you'd like a picture of me on your Instagram story, I am currently sitting on the floor of my new office studio space in my new condo, which is across the street from our old apartment building in DC. And by four o'clock today and my show, like this will all be set up for a studio, et cetera. But you were gracious enough to say, sure, you can try out your new internet setup on my show. And if you drop and go to hell, then whatever. But uh, we're here. We're connected. I feel very proud of my technical capabilities. Hopefully the echo is not terrible. Uh, and, and we can talk some football. We, we have zero echo here. So, so it's all uh, it's all. If you have echo, we we can work on that. Well, but, we uh, had we had an echo, like a uh, technical echo. I meant the echo in the room now is more. Oh, it still oh, is a little oh, yeah. cavernous. The, the acoustics of the room. No, Are you going to no put up like the yet. foam on the wall? I did. I actually. That's another thing. I decided to time lapse that. So I also do have some some uh, footage of the soundproofing going up. But when there's just soundproofing and no rug and no desk and no furniture and there's more soundproofing to be installed, it's a little echoey now. But it's a work in progress. Craig, and plus, like you're you're always up for a bit, so like I know who I'm dealing with. Craig underscore Hoffman on Instagram. Uh, you make a very nice side table. Uh, is is what I see from this. <laughs> uh, you have more shoes than I do. It appears. Uh, oh, this got- is like one sixth, maybe. We have so many shoes, Michael. How many do you like have in the rotation? How many shoes do you wear on on? like a regular basis and how many are just probably to have? yeah no that's a great question i would say in a somewhat regular rotation like five or six probably like three or four kind of casual shoes a pair of running shoes and then like kind of the uh I, I don't have kids yet but i'm calling these my dad shoes which are the ones i'm wearing like to move so it's like oh we got to do stuff all right just throw on the dad shoes Dan shoes have have a little bit of green from mowing the, the yard. Um, the the shoelaces are kind of lopsided. Yep. Um, you slide into them. You don't put them on the right way anymore, so the heel's a little frayed. That, th- those are signature elements of a dad shoe. Hundred percent. And mine are uh, there, there's no. I don't have to mow a lawn anywhere in the District of Columbia, so I just got a shoe that it has some green in it. So I just I really nailed it. I love it. Craig Hoffman, uh, kind enough to join the program instead of putting together furniture, uh, which I, I th- <laughs> would, he'll get back to his true calling here in a minute. Uh, better, better you than me, buddy. That's, I mean, that's, that's why I've been here for, uh, for 16 years. Uh, you know, I, you, you get, you get offers and opportunities and you're like, ah, oh, maybe our house is a little small. And then you're like, I'd have to move. I'd have to put some furniture together. Nah, yeah, we're good. Nah, we're, we're good. good. On that. Uh, Craig Hoffman, afternoon host. Uh, on the Team 980 up in D.C. Listen to it live on the free Odyssey app, of course. Uh, follower of the Commanders. And had a really good take, I thought, uh, on a, a pretty zany Ron Rivera press conference on Wednesday uh, when he was like, yeah, we traded Jason Montez because I found a quarterback, so everything's good now. Um, which which was certainly one of the weirder moments of the week. Um, but wait, how do you assess this team at this point in time heading into... A, a pretty tough stretch of games at three and five. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they are kind of where I thought they would be. Um, I, I mean, I predicted them to finish somewhere between seven and nine, or I guess now it's seven and ten, and you know, nine and whatever number of wins adds up to seventeen. The I other one, new seat. I used to know everything. My, I didn't have to used to do math, Michael, and now they make us do math again. Nine and eight, but I kind of, I kind of figured it would be somewhere in that, you know, plus or minus eight wins, you know, plus or minus one eight wins situation. And so they're on track for that. And if they can go on their little Ron Rivera midseason bump, then they'll, they'll be especially on track. And then, you know, we'll see if they can, they fall off towards the, uh, the end of the season like they normally do. Or if Sam Howell and Eric Bannemi can kind of find themselves continually, continue to progress and, and they can win a couple of games in December for once and still finish somewhere around 500. So I think that, you know, the, the chase trade specifically, you know, the phrase addition by subtraction has been thrown around a lot. And I think there is some of that as a directly at chase and, you know, the effort that he puts on tape is not always uh, the best or the effort that he puts on the field that we see on tape is not always the best. There's all kinds of rumblings about like how he is around the building and like, is that effort level that you see on Sundays reminiscent of what you see during the week uh, in meetings and practice, et cetera, too. So I, I think there's real questions there, but there's also just the sheer fact that, you couldn't have four guys that are playmakers up front. You need defense. And this is something that I've come to appreciate this year. So I always put that caveat not to be like, oh, these fools, how could they have possibly thought that getting a bunch of great players together was a bad idea? Um, but I think something that I've learned to appreciate about D-line play is you need guys that just do the dirty work, that that will play off of the playmakers. We had Kedrick Golston on our show yesterday, and he talked about how he used to have to do that um, and you know enjoy doing it with Brian Arakpo. Like, if Arakpo went inside, and it wasn't like a, hey, we're going to talk about it, do it. If if Kedrick was lined up inside and Arakpo crossed his face, he's like, well, I got to go outside. Like, that guy just went in front of me. I got to go where he was. And there's that that element of teamwork and sacrifice that these four guys, you're not maximizing their talent if you use it all together. So getting James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, who are going to play like that off of the playmakers inside should actually elevate the defense, and there's nowhere to go but up because of where they are statistically this year. Um, so th- it's, it's not just like, oh, Chase, how, you know, thank God he's gone. It's like, okay, they've balanced out this D line. It should play better. How that actually translates into winning, we'll see. Hopefully they're more solid. But then again, if their dudes are just going to get mossed on the back end, none of this really matters anyway. Dude, I, and that, that, that's a situation. But you make a great point because there's no question who's differential to who when Casey Tuhill and Jonathan Allen are, are rushing together from the same side. Like, there's no need to negotiate that out. Every, right. every, everybody knows who, who's who's leading and, and who's following behind. And, and uh, Right, and the way this defense is designed, too, Michael, schematically, and like you know this and we've seen it, is, you know, and, and Ked talked about this as well yesterday, rush a certain way, kind of the deferential way. They can force sacks in the way that like Sam Howell has taken some like how often have we seen Sam step up into a sack of a D tackle that's kind of what these defensive ends can do is like these defensive ends will rush in a way that hopefully collapses the pocket and then allows John and Duran to make a play so like you don't have to have double digit sack guys on the edges Duran Payne getting 11 sacks is just fine and you can win that way and they proved it last year when they won a bunch of games with Duran having 11 sacks and their best stretch of the season some of his most productive football no question, and you know they, they the the proof is in the pudding that they they can do what they did without those two guys. You you briefly mentioned the Ron Rivera run, right? We're all we're all kind of counting 
on the Ron Rivera early November run. Uh, and, and I think it unquestionably starts Sunday if it's going to start. What what will it take to win this game? What are some things to watch for uh, if these guys are going to beat the Patriots? I think we may have lost Craig Hoffman. I think uh, uh, the, uh, we lost Craig. He's out. Craig is out. That's all right. Eight minutes of Craig is good. That spares him eight minutes of building furniture, but he is back, back to the grind. Time to put on the furniture building shoes, Craig. Time to, uh, time to get back after it, uh, out there in DC. He's moving today. He was kind enough to join us for a few minutes. You can hear me on Craig's program Monday nights at five o'clock on the team. Nine eighty. We'll have plenty to talk about, of course, coming off of the commanders Patriots game. Craig Hoffman texts me, uh, and then it died. All good. Enjoy your furniture building, buddy. Uh, I'm in a better place than he is right now. I'm hosting a radio show. He's building furniture. I would not switch places with him. (laughs) Uh, Commanders Patriots, 1 o'clock Sunday, right here on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM postgame show. The Gut Check right after uh, weighing in on everything that happens. And a a true unknown here, I think. The the Patriots come in as three-point favorites. I don't think that's decisive by any stretch. I think that's probably more of a reputational thing than anything. They've been uh, they've been tough at home. They've been a tough out over the years. But this is a very different Patriots team. This is a team with a bad quarterback, and I mean, this is a team that if I were if I were Robert Kraft, if I were pulling strings, I'd be bottoming them out. That's that's what I would be doing. I'd I'd be singing them to the floor. There there's nothing to gain here. There's there's everything to lose for. Because there's some good quarterbacks in this year's draft, and that's how you're going to rebuild and rebuild quickly if you're the New England Patriots. They've got they need more than a quarterback. Some teams you say they're a quarterback away, right? Like I think the Commanders, you you could have we said that reasonably this offseason. Team that's a quarterback away, they look good on defense, have offensive playmakers, just a quarterback away. That's not the Patriots. They have needs all over the board. We'll step aside when we come back. I think George Templeton's going to call in with some Breeders' Cup picks. We'll talk horses. Why not? It's what we do. If you want to call in and talk about an obscure sport, you're welcome to do that. The number is 833-804-0910. If you don't call in and talk about obscure sports, I will talk about college football because that's what I want to talk about today. We're also counting down to basketball. Opening day, Monday night, three days away. VCU and McNeese State right here on The Fan. I am fired up for that one. Fired up to close out this football Friday strong. You are listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.